I used to think Bali was all hype before I went. And when I get there, I'm like, oh my gosh, it lives up to every ounce of hype people give it. I'm Trizzy. And I'm Leah. And this is Ticket to Anywhere podcast, bringing you the gear, tools, and tips to equip you for a travel-filled life. No matter your travel experience or lack thereof, we aim to be your first stop when you're thinking of where to go, how to get there, what to bring, and what to do. Catch the latest episode every other Wednesday on YouTube or your favorite listening app. We'd love to connect with you. Find Ticket to Anywhere on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. Bali was never on my list. So if RJ and Yen didn't get married there, my cousin, if he didn't get married there, I probably would have waited forever to go. I should have gone because I was invited. She wasn't. You were invited. But I was like. You were literally kinda, invited. I was kind of like crashing it first. And then she was like, you, you could come too. <laughs> uh, she asked about you again while Aww. I was there. Thank and there you, was Yen. space, girl. There was so much food. <laughs> I could have Yen and RJ get married again. Yes, <laughs> I will be there again. Yes, <laughs> yes. So yeah, I went to Bali for a wedding and then I built a whole three-week trip around it. Mm-hmm. And man, there is not enough time in the world to do everything you want in Never. Bali. I mean, anywhere you anywhere. go, but I just didn't know that Bali would, would there would be so much. And um, one of my favorite, actually another one of my favorite moments there was Sadly, after the wedding party left, I went with a couple friends I met in the hostel to this amazing speakeasy called Behind the Green Door in Seminyak, which is a neighborhood in Bali. And the reason I loved it, because it was all 90s and 2000s hip hop and R&B. Girl, and it was an Asian DJ and like cocktails. And I was like, this is the vibe. It was one of those, let's go for one drink and check it out. We ended up staying for five hours. Yeah. I loved it so much. So surprises like that, and that yeah. might sound like normal to some of you, but to me, it made my night. Yeah. Finding, you know, that there's that kind of atmosphere right. there. But there's just so much to do. I feel like, you know, Bali, just like similar to Mexico, is also very family friendly. Okay. So there's water parks, there's beaches, there's animals. Oh, okay. Um, great for kids too. And I mean, I've talked to friends saying that they – they spent six months in Bali and it still wasn't enough, you know? Jeez. That's why, like, three weeks. I'm like, come on now. Yeah. But this episode, I tell you how to do it. I tell you how to be best prepared. Every, all the important things you need to know mm-hmm. to get there, what to pack, and how to be, um, how to just, like, live, live the good life there. <laughs> That's so true. And, you know, Leah, she brought back some goodies for mm-hmm. me. And I'm sipping on one of the goodies. It's a Balinese tea, herbal rosella tea from Cinnamon? Cinnamon Coffee? Cinnamon Coffee. One yeah. of the bigger roasters there. Oh. Yeah. So very popular. I'm also drinking... Actually, um, Karana Bali Tirta coffee. So I just grind Ooh. it into my um, mocha pot. I buy the bag, whole bean. Nice. Oh, it. yeah. Cool. Yeah, because it's fresher when you grind yeah. it on your own. Definitely. Yep. Sweet. So that's, yeah, we got both got Bali tea and coffee representing. So as you know, we wouldn't be anywhere without your continued support and um, you know, for that, we're always appreciative. If you would like to f- continue to support us even further, even a $2 donation on buymeacoffee.com is so much appreciated. It helps us create 
fun content, helpful content for you. It's buymeacoffee.com forward slash ticket to anywhere. And this episode may include a few links of products that are tried, tested, and true. We use them all the time. So if you do want to buy through us, we may get a small commission if you do, but we'll add those links in the show notes as well. Again, we're happy you're here and enjoy this Bali episode. Cheers. Cheers. Safety Wang is the world's first international travel medical insurance. You can sign up even if your trip is already happening or sign up in advance by selecting a future start date. For only $42 per four weeks, you can be covered under Safety Wing and its Nomad Insurance. Click the link in our description for more info and to sign up. Safe travels! So three weeks in Bali. Three busy, busy weeks in Bali. And I'm going to tell you how I prepped for it, what I brought, what I did when I was there. Everything you need to know. So let's get into it. I'm excited for this. Yeah, because you're going to use this as an episode Mm -hmm. to maybe plan off of for next year, 2023. Bali is under my radar for 2023. Yeah, I feel like it's on a lot of people's radar. So I'm going to tell you how I did it in hopes that it will help you. And the first section we're going to start with is all the gear and the packing that I did to get to Bali. So when I went, I went from July to August, which is actually high season Mm. in Bali. Uh, There's a lot of sunshine, minimal rain, and also a lot of Australian tourists because they're trying to avoid their Australian winter. So the reason I went was actually for a family wedding, which fit in perfectly into my life schedule. And I decided to arrive in Bali a week early and stay there a week later in order to have time to travel on my own. And those are my favorite kinds of trips now, like mixing family with my own travels. And as far as gear and packing goes, it's important to note that because I was with family for a week during that trip, I actually brought more stuff because I was going to offload whatever I didn't need in the middle of the trip to my auntie. Um, so she could take it back to LA in a bag. So I feel like I cheated a little bit. <laughs> it's kind of cheating, I but mean, you know what? I'll take that chance. <laughs> I call that strategy as well. Strategy. Okay. That's good. And then you really see in the middle of the trip what you need and what you don't, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I won't get into too specific, like every little pair of socks that I brought to Bali. Y'all can ask. I have a really cool TikTok that will show you exactly every single piece of clothing I brought. But as far as just like the overall packaging, I brought my Cotopaxi 42 liter backpack and I checked it because I flew with Qantas and you can check it for free. Of course, I put an air tag in there hey. because 2022 was the year of lost luggage and air tags. Yeah. So got put an air tag in there. I brought my day pack, which literally is any backpack that you want to use that can hold your super essentials. Mm-hmm. I brought a waterproof 10 liter bag for any beach, boat, jungle excursions I was going on. It was the perfect size. And I just rolled that up tight and put it in the like shoe bag of my small backpack. And then I brought a tiny little like belt bag, bum bag, crossbody bag, whatever you want to call it that I can stuff into the day pack, like an Adidas one or something. So basically four places of storage. Some things to know about gear. Like I said, not really rainy. Um, I did bring a thin, thin rain jacket just in case. Um, But I was basically surviving off of shorts, dresses, bikinis. Two pairs of shoes. I don't know how I did it. 
I've That's never crazy. done that in my life where I brought just two pairs of shoes. I literally wore hostel flip-flops and my Tevas. <laughs> I <laughs> That's it? Yeah. Not even like little sneakers? Oh, wait, I did bring a pair of sneakers, but I didn't wear them. Oh, okay, okay. Wow. I wore them like to fly in and mm-hmm. to fly out. But what I used, I think I forgot about that I had them. Which is crazy because that's like dead weight at that point. I could have right. just survived off the Tevas. Yeah. The Tevas were great. Um, and because I was working remotely while I was there, I packed obviously my laptop chargers, but I also bring this laptop stand mm-hmm. that I'm obsessed with. Everyone asks me about it all the time. It's obviously going to be linked, but it was like $12 on Amazon and it adjusts the height of your laptop to wherever you need it to be. It's yeah. so nice. It does. It's like an inch or too big. So it does take up some space. Mm-hmm. Pretty but good ergonomics like, for hundred percent wrist. And, you don't want to, your neck yeah. and your wrist. You don't want to be like this. So, yeah. and then of course, like including all the clothes as far as tech, I brought tripod which folds into itself. Mm-hmm. Tiny small ring light. I brought two microphones that are small. Um, I brought my GoPro. I always bring my GoPro. I did not end up using it this <laughs> trip because I always put my camera in a waterproof bag. <laughs> And I just end up using the camera this time. Also, I have a Hero 7 and it's a little outdated at this point. But (laughs) it literally, I'm not even kidding. It will die after like 14 minutes of being just on, not even using it. That's why you always have to buy extra. And my GoPro is like three years old, four years old (laughs) at this point. So I like forgot that I had it Mm -hmm. with me. So gear and packing, I would say you can get away with honestly get bringing a 42 liter carry-on which is the max it was the max size you can have as a carry-on on any airline in the world i didn't carry mine on because i was really scared that it was too big oh um but i saw people on Qantas flying with much bigger bags than me as their carry-on so <clears throat> lesson learned but i'm also one of those people like trizzy like i don't like hauling my stuff through the airport yeah. and even though my care was super light i weighed it it was like just under 25 pounds okay it was pretty light for three weeks i was just like you know what i get a free bag i'm gonna check it anyway but when you check bags you do run that risk of losing your baggage (laughs) luckily i did it yeah Yeah. so i felt like i was pretty well prepared and then it it was great because even halfway through i got rid of some of the stuff Mm -hmm. So okay. it was a great trip, but it's easy when you go to a tropical island. You don't need jackets and boots. That's true. Everything is really small, thin. Yeah. So I felt like I was, I was just like set up for the good life going during a good season. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to the Tevas though. Yeah, so the Tevas, mm-hmm. you could wear it um, like on the beach and everything. Oh like, can yeah, you wear it hiking as well. Yes, you mine especially you can wear hiking. Mm-hmm. Mine are made for. I got mine at REI and they literally fit me like a glove. I'm nice. obsessed. I compared Tevas and Chacos when I was there. Mm-hmm. The Chacos weren't good for my arch, but the Tevas, the second I put them on, it felt like nothing. And that's how I knew they were the shoes for me. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with them. Best investment I made in like 2021, they were a hundred dollars. And they're just black and they're like great for my soul, great for my arch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wore them everywhere. And I was like, I don't even care if I look tacky right now because I'm comfortable. But you wear them to yeah. walk around the city, around the beaches. The ones I have in particular, you can go hiking in. Nice. Yeah. Water. So nice. Like if you have to step through like 100%. creek and stuff. Yeah, 100% you can. <sighs> I'm all about that. Honestly, I think you would love it. You don't have a pair yet? I used to have a, oh, okay. a Teva, but it wasn't like a sandal. It was like a walking. Oh, Okay. Okay. 
Well, I'm done. I mean, I don't have them on my person, mm-hmm. but they're going to be put up on the screen right now and I'll link them for those that are listening. They're amazing. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, and the next session, planning how to get to Bali and all the prep that I needed um, to successfully get there and what happens like once I get to the airport, right? First thing I always do before any trip, travel insurance. I don't travel without it. I've said this on many, many episodes before. I believe if you cannot afford insurance, you cannot afford to travel. (laughs) So obviously I've been a big proponent and advocate of using Safety Wing over the past years just because they're incredibly affordable. And not only are we an affiliate of Safety Wing, we actually use Safety Wing on all of our trips. So we're not just trying to like sell you guys anything. The user interface of the website is so easy. They make it very clean and clear to sign up. The policies always lay out exactly what's going to get covered. They have, you know, luggage that's covered. Um, Certain COVID-19 policies are covered. Medical coverage, uh, flight delay coverage, exactly. Obviously, you have to read the the fine print. And it's also dependent on where you're going and what your country of citizenship is. But it's always so affordable. And you can buy it while you're on the trip Mm -hmm. as well. So it doesn't need to be purchased um, before you leave. So I spent with Safety Wing. Mine was $36 for 22 days. That's nice. Really affordable. And my hot tip is that I always extend my travel insurance a day or two after the trip ends because if Mm -hmm. there are any trip delays, you can still be covered. Yeah. So if you want to try a new product or brand for travel insurance, you've never had travel insurance before, we cannot recommend Safety Wing enough and we'll link them in the show notes for you as well. That's the first and first thing I do. As far as hotels, planning on hotels and accommodation in general. If you've been listening from the beginning, you know that I, Leah, LA in flight, I'm a big, big hostel goer. So this trip was kind of crazy for me because all I did was stay in hotels. All I did. And then because there was a family wedding, I stayed in even fancier hotels <laughs> that I would never, ever, ever pay for on my own. So RJ and Yen, thank you. Leah made it rain. I did make it rain a little too much. We're going to talk about that when we get to budgets. But hotels, I'm a big advocate of booking.com. So, but I used a lot of booking.com to book these hotels in Bali, Indonesia. However, Agoda, agoda agoda.com is very, very popular for Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of back and forth between Agoda and booking. Yeah. So I booked who on whoever gave me the best deal. For sure. Because Agoda, I felt like I was getting a lot of discounts. But also, yeah. time of recording, it's December 2022. Bali just opened up to tourists in June 2022. Mm-hmm. And I went in August. So it was very, very, very new. Right? And when that happens, like not a lot of tourists are coming in. So they're trying to spur to- tourism. So yeah. there's discounts left and right everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. So I got really lucky. I don't know, you know, what will happen in the next few months, few years. Yeah. But um, yeah. And I, I like I said, I, norm- I stayed in a lot of hotels because you can't get the same pricing that you do in Bali that you do in the U.S. So I was staying at nice four or five star hotels for $360 for like four or five nights when that would literally not even be one night in L.A. Mm hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to treat myself yeah. to hotels. So Might as well. Hotels it was. There are tons of hostels. It's very, very budget traveler friendly. I just opted to, you know, live a life of luxury. <laughs> Apparently. Well, <laughs> bad at that. Yeah. Um, phone and SIM card. 
for me, I, I like to, when I'm traveling somewhere for three weeks or longer, I like to change out my SIM card. So because I was in Bali for exactly three weeks, I changed out my SIM card. I didn't really do much research on it beforehand. So <laughs> I purchased it at the airport. I paid about $25 for, I think it was like 20 gigs and it was okay, good thanks. for 30 days. Apparently, right when I bought it, my driver that picked me up was like, you know, you can get that for half the price outside. Oh, <laughs> so you can do your shopping if yeah. you want. I probably didn't need that much data, but I also didn't know, you know, what the SIM card situation was. So I think I like freaked out. And when I landed, I was like, I'll just buy it here. It's fine. Right. Like it's worth it for me to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but you probably can find it cheaper for outside for sure. of the airport. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just want the ease of just getting it right away. Right. Not having to worry. About right. hundred percent. So I liked being able to use data. I liked being able to have like a local number yeah. and whatnot. It was super helpful. So I changed my SIM card out. Mm-hmm. Now, um, budget, (laughs) we're randomly getting into budget. And if you know me, I usually go with an overall trip budget because it's Bali, because it was my first time there, because I was going for a wedding with family, friends, I actually didn't assign a budget for this trip, which Mm -hmm. is also very unlike me. And also you could tell because I balled out on the hotels, like (laughs) there was just no budget for this trip. I, you know... With the wedding with family, um, it was, I knew that we were going to a lot of events for that wedding Mm -hmm. and we would be hanging out with their family and friends a lot. So I ended up spending the number, I estimated a number and then I recalculated it in front of Trizzy just a little bit ago. And I was actually like, oh my gosh, I spent how much? (laughs) And I won't get into details. I'm just going to tell you the numbers. If you want more details on like how the breakdown was, you can DM me. I'm LA in flight everywhere. Pre-trip total, I spent 2,280. Don't ask me how. (laughs) That includes the flight, actually. My flight was 1,100 on Qantas with some points. So that includes the flight. Um, My hotel total alone was 1,500. About 1500 And then my on-trip total, I always separate the buckets. On-trip total was about 1500 So my grand total comes out to about uh, just under 5400 for three weeks. So it sounds a little pricey, um, but I did ball out, like I said. Yes. I could have done it much cheaper, mm. but I didn't. <laughs> that was my total. <laughs> That's fine. And um, I mentioned earlier, but I did work remotely. Uh, I hated it <laughs> because Southeast Asia is a good 15 hours ahead from the West Coast of the United States, and which means I am working from 10 p.m. to 3 p.m. And that's a short day. Like 10, if you're working 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Yeah. Okay. 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. If you're working a full day, you're working 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. which is bad yeah so i tried to explore during the day but then i'd be so tired and jet lagged that i would like fall asleep for a few hours then wake up at night and then Mm -hmm. work and then go back to bed it just was not the business yeah i recommend only working in southeast asia when you have when you can create your own schedule or you're an entrepreneur or you don't have to be on meetings yeah that's what i would recommend um there's tons and tons of co-working Official co-working spots and cafes that you can co-work from mm-hmm. in Bali, especially areas like Chenggu, where there's a lot of expats and whatnot. So um, it's really easy to find space. Wi-Fi can be hit or miss. 
But because I stayed at Outpost, shout out to Outpost, it's co-working, co-living situation. Because I stayed there, um, I had reliable Wi-Fi 24-7 and reliable working space. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was there for four days. It was good. I just, you know, I was telling Josie I didn't really meet anyone. I don't Mm. know. Maybe sometimes I expect to, like, make friends wherever I go within the first 60 seconds. (sighs) That's not reality. (laughs) (laughs) But it was good. It was good. It was a little bit pricier than I normally would pay, but at least I had the reliable Wi-Fi. But just working 15 hours ahead, yo. Not the business. Man, that sounds rough. Yeah. It was really, it was pretty rough. So (laughs) let's see. Getting in, I made a really great reel and TikTok about this. Basically, the first four things you're going to need to get in the airport. Uh, You need to buy a visa. It's 35 US. You can pay with card, which is a Mm lifesaver. And it's good for 30 days. Okay. That's the main thing. You do need proof of vaccination. If you don't have proof of vaccination, you have to quarantine for five days. About those rules might have changed, but who wants to waste five days in Bali yeah, quarantining? Don't want to do that. Sorry, that's just my beliefs. Anyway, um, you also need to get your passport checked and stamped. That just takes a few minutes. And then you got to go through customs with your luggage. Now, because I had literally a backpack on the front and a backpack on the back and a little belt bag, They looked at me because I was in a throng of Indonesians, dozens and dozens. (laughs) They looked at me and they're like, ma'am, is that all you have? And I was like, yes. And they're like, here, you can move to the front. And I bypass customs. Now, that doesn't happen to everybody. Yeah. But they didn't make me walk through customs because I didn't have anything on me compared to everyone else. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Okay. So airport transfer, I actually had a drive. And this is like the thing, I think in Southeast Asia too, like people like have drivers. Right. They like, yeah, they like have drivers they like they know a guy type of thing so i did too uh rachel off duty shout out to you she connected with me with june um and i think on TripAdvisor, his name is like bali unique driver the nicest guy ever it's like a family business um he was waiting for me at the airport especially since i got in late like 10 p.m i Mm -hmm. didn't know what the taxi or grab situation is going to be like so um i paid him beforehand and from a, a ride from the airport to my hotel, which was maybe like 15, 20 minutes away, was about $25, which is mm-hmm. a premium price. But at least I knew I had a familiar face waiting for me when I got there and yeah. I didn't have to fight any drivers about cab prices. Yeah, I know. Ugh, I hate bargaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I did. I arranged an airport transfer before. Sometimes that's just nice. Um, it's easy. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, especially when you're getting in, you just got off a long haul flight. Yeah. You know, who's trying to like save money at that time? Yeah, you don't want to think about it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So um, if you need a driver, I have one for you. June, just reach out to me if you're going to be in Bali there. So that was all my planning for Bali. Some, Yeah, that's really, really summed up. But I yeah. felt like those were really important points. You yeah. Know? So for sure. Yeah. Now I want to get into while you're there, what to know in Bali while you're there, where to go, what I miss that I wish I could go back and do, special experiences, um, customs, traditions you should know about, etc. So uh, Bali has its own language, right? Balinese. Bali is an island in Indonesia. They also speak in the rest of Indonesia more Bahasa Indonesian, mm. which is like the national language. But Balinese has its own language. So I was learning to say thank you, please, yeah. hello in two different... It's not even dialects. They're like literal languages. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, but of course... 
you know, in Bali, we say or we we speak in Balinese, which was which is nice. But but don't don't be afraid, because a lot of people do speak English. Tourism is a massive part of Bali's economy. I we both promote learning the local language mm-hmm. wherever you go. So please try to learn some local language yeah. wherever you go. But if it's really difficult for you and you don't know a lot, then they do speak great English. Yeah, there. for sure. Yep. So, English is widely used. So how do you say thank you in Balinese? Suksma. Oh, yeah. Suksma. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. They're always they're just so polite and generous and so kind. Really, I can't say enough about the, the Balinese people, Indonesians in general. Yeah. Great. It was a great first visit. <laughs> nice. Oh, I love yeah, hearing that. Yeah, absolutely. So my plan, my itinerary in Bali was to have no plan except to get myself to this wedding, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my plan in Bali was to walk around, explore, enjoy, wander, run into whatever I run into, and just have a good time. Not really yeah. go with a plan. I mean, we've seen your spa days, girl. Yes. <laughs> I knew the wedding week it was sandwiched between my two solo weeks, but the wedding week I knew that was going to be busy. So yeah. that's why I really like relished in the two weeks I had to myself yeah. because I'm like, oh, I get to do whatever I want without having to be at a dinner. Don't yeah. worry, Arjun Yen, loved your dinners. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to tell you kind of a rough idea of what my itinerary was and then probably what I would add on to it because three weeks in Bali, like I used to think Bali was all hype before I went and when I get there I'm like oh my gosh it lives up to every ounce of hype people give it wow completely worth the trip that's really interesting to hear because I feel the same Mm -hmm. like I am thinking Bali is super hype because it's on posts everywhere right and it's like influencer central etc it is absolutely incredible no words I feel like the possibilities really are endless there okay yeah yeah, can't wait to see that hype. <laughs> <laughs> so my my crazy itinerary, um, I went to Changu, which is like digital nomad central. It's right on the beach. There's lots of clubs, trendy spots there. Went to Changu twice and then Ubud, which is like the magical jungle, the heart of Bali twice. So basically I felt like I kept going Changu or Ubud, Changu, Ubud, Changu. That's oh, what it wow. felt like. Yeah. Um, and then I slipped Uluwatu in there, which mm-hmm. is the very south of the island, Surfer's Paradise, Cliffside Resorts. And that is where my cousin got married in Uluwatu. Oh, nice. So I threw that in there also, like a two days in Uluwatu. Okay. Um, and then after I kept going back and forth, following the wedding party everywhere, I actually went off to Gili Trawangan, which is part of the three set of islands called the Gili, the Gili Islands. And it's a two hour boat ride east of Bali. Mm. Tiny, tiny islands like you can literally bike around Gili Tea, as it's affectionately called. You can bike around Gili Tea in like 45 minutes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's what we did. So you could walk around it in probably hour and a half, two hours, like leisurely strolling. Yeah, it was nice. Um, so if I were to go back and I still only had three weeks, I would add, I would have added a visit to Jimbaran, which is maybe like an hour away from Chengu and it's a small little quaint fishing town. Mm-hmm. It's really cute. I would go see Mount Batur Sunrise. That's like a 2 a.m. wake up call. But because there's no other way up besides hiking and climbing 
um, on rocky, sometimes muddy path. My knees can't really do that. And I just recently got a knee surgery too. So um, it's going back down. That would be difficult. Mm. But Mount Batur Sunrise, I think that is key. It's like a must. I think it's a must if you are very into nature and it's a volcano that you're climbing right nice i would have also headed to lombok and nusa panita which are Mm. a group of islands in between bali and the gili islands and it's absolute paradise like heaven on earth i just didn't bake in any time and then one of the other things i would have done i hope i'm not butchering the name it's called Jatilue rice terraces Mm -hmm. and very, very famous rice terraces, um, more popular than some of the most popular tourist rice terraces. And they're absolutely massive. And there's just so much to see and explore there. And I think a lot more locals head that way too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which is really cool. That's much bigger space. Doing doing things that locals do. I know. I'd love to. I'd love to. But it's just, it was just a time thing. You know, there were other people I had to consider. Mm. Right. So those are some spots that I would add if I went back and did another three weeks in Bali. Yeah, absolutely. Um, As far as transportation, when you're there, Grab and Gojek are two apps that are like literally in America, the Uber and Lyft. Yeah. Um, Uber doesn't exist there. Lyft doesn't work there or doesn't exist there either. So Grab and Gojek are easy to use. I loaded my credit card onto one. But I would be sure to tip because I was telling Trizzy beforehand, like some of these prices sounded like extortion of the workers. Like I was paying literally 11 um, IDR, which is like 70 cents Mm -hmm. for a motorcycle ride that was like five minutes. So I would tipping is obviously not mandatory. It's around 10% in Indonesia. And, you know, if you can, if you felt that they provided good service absolutely tip yeah but i just don't understand how the locals are making money off of a 70 cent ride yeah so sometimes i would tip them even the same amount that i was taking the ride for for sure yeah i know grab's a big corporation so that's why i said if you find a driver if you find a driver you love this driver and they're available i would just rather give my money straight to the locals Mm -hmm. you know yeah that's key yeah so also drivers can double as tour guys which is so cool yeah. Um, and I know you know this based off your travels, but June, you know, who was helping me drive between the airport and back, I was asking him if he could take me, me and my um, aunt and uncle to like Tenalot, which is like a temple in the middle of the ocean. And if he could do a, a day day trip mm-hmm. with me to Lombok and everything. Yeah. And some of these things worked out. Some of them didn't. But they can double as tour guides, which is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. And I love being able to give my money to the same yeah. people, right? For sure. Um, a few more things as far as like religion, customs. Bali practices Hinduism mixed with mm-hmm. Buddhist beliefs. So although the main Hindu gods are worshipped, equal attention is paid to local agricultural and ancestral deities. Ooh. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I love one of my favorite things was they would do an offering mm-hmm. in the mornings yeah. and like kind of burn it with incense of like flowers. Sometimes they'd have food and rice and like tiny little things right. that was kind of out on the doorstep of every business, every home, yeah. et cetera. It was it's really cool. pretty to see. Yeah. yeah. And um, cover up when you go to like holy places or temples. Good rule to remember is if you're in doubt, cover the shoulders and the knees. Make sure those are covered. 
Otherwise, like near the beach cities, you know, Bali has a lot of surf spots. Mm. Otherwise, near the beach cities, people, a.k.a. tourists, <laughs> were walking around in shorts and like bathing suits. Okay. I did every once in a while, but I would always kind of bring a sarong with me to like, yeah. just in case, you know. Definitely. I don't want to be that that person. So some of my most favorite and special experiences in Bali, I'll leave, I'll end on this note. Where um, I took a cooking class at Paon Bali in Ubud, mm-hmm. and it was the best meal I had in the three weeks I was there. Nice. Yes, the best meal I had in Bali was the one I cooked. <laughs> it was a great way to spend four hours, half a day. You get to meet others. You get invited into this local woman's home. You get a cookbook to take home. And the only thing... I knew about Indonesian food in general was like nasi goreng, which I think is one of their most famous dishes. It's literally fried rice, but it's mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, let's see. It reminded me a lot of Thai food, actually, where the focus is a lot of noodles, rice, meats, seafoods. Um, there's actually a ton of vegetarian and vegan options, like tofu and tempeh, for example, can both be vegan. I am a pescatarian for those that don't know. I've been pescatarian for um, 10 years in February 2023. Crazy. Yeah. So pescatarian means I eat seafood, but not any other meats. So like no pork, no beef, no chicken, etc. And it's much, much easier than being vegetarian, although I do eat a lot of vegan and vegetarian options. So essentially, you know, fish these days and seafood is quite hard to get. And it's even more expensive than meats sometimes. So I'll I'll eat vegetarian quite often, like 70% of the time, it feels like. One of my favorite dishes in in Bali, in Indonesia in general, is called nasi kampur, which means it's like a it's a rice-based dish. And they have all these little toppings or little side dishes around it, consisting of like vegetables, peanuts, um, different types of toppings and sides that you can mix in with the rice. And whenever there was nasi kampur on the menu and they had it in vegetarian option, uh, that was my go-to. And Mm, some places – oh, it's so good. It's so good because especially for the vegetarian options, like Indonesians love to give you a lot of flavor and spice. So the sambal, S-A-M-B-A-L, which is sauces, um, sambals are great. And there's so many different kinds in Indonesia. I love them. Yeah, it's so good. And veg- and um, nasi kampur, especially certain restaurants I went to, it was cool because they almost made it like each little side dish was actually a different flavor or type of dish from a different island in Indonesia. So you kind of got a taste of like all the islands, oh, which was so, nice. so, so, so delicious. Um, and then obviously coffee – is grown and roasted and exported all over the country. And I bought tons of bags of coffee while I was there, had different coffee in different ways with milk, without milk, while I was at different coffee shops in Indonesia. If you know me, I bring back coffee for everyone at home in my life. That is my one favorite souvenir. And I bring back a lot of coffee for myself. So Mm -hmm. very happy with the coffee culture in Bali while I was there. Uh, Another drink I had – I'm telling you, basically, I'm not going through everything I ate, but some of the more popular things. It's called a jam, uh, popular things, sorry. Jamu is a healthy drink. That's what Indonesians called it. They're like, yeah, it's a healthy drink, but you can have different flavors of jamu. Generally, they're made, um, they're blended with like different root, roots, herbs, flowers, barks, spices, not necessarily all of those at once, 
um, and obviously different fruits as well. One of the most popular Jammu flavored drinks is turmeric, ginger, honey, and lime. So let me, when I say like Indonesia was doing healthy drinks and juices before it came over to the West, I really mean it because these drinks are part of like just their everyday life. So and Jammu, yeah, it was really good. I had one with almost every meal and Jammu there was like 35,000 IDR at a decent restaurant. That's $2.25. So can you imagine Damn. getting like an eight ounce how much is an eight ounce pressed juice in the United States? It's like nine dollars. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it in Indonesia, the OGs for two bucks. Having so, of course, I'm going to have one at every meal. <laughs> not every day, every meal. Every meal. <laughs> Why not be healthy? Because they had like so many mm-hmm. restaurants had different kinds of jamus. They'd have like a watermelon or dragon fruit or like the turmeric ginger. Like they'd have different flavors. You know, it's basically yeah. just a healthy drink. It doesn't always have to be turmeric and gender yeah i was i was very surprised by indonesian food i had one of the hotels i stayed at the longest five days i stayed in Aston Chenggu. um they had a buffet breakfast every morning and they had like western breakfast if you will and they had indonesian breakfast and i'd always head straight first to the indonesian breakfast and as you'll see here like they had all different kinds of noodles they even had fish i'm like crazy i love fish in the morning you don't like fish ever but <laughs> I love fish in the morning. I don't know why. Maybe that's just my Filipino in me, but I love some fish in mm-hmm. the morning. But they have all kinds of Indonesian breakfast, which I appreciated because I'm like, I'm in the country. I want to eat the food. And I was very, I w- didn't really know what to expect when going to Bali. But now I'm like craving Indonesian food all the time. <laughs> um, I stayed near the Kampuhan Ridgewalk, also in Ubud, which is like this free two or three mile ridge free, of course. It's just like a beautiful walk in nature. Great to see during sunset, mm-hmm. sunrise as well. And it's peaceful. You get to get away from the hustle and bustle of the city, but it's right in the middle of the city. Cool. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. But like, but like to the side. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You would really love it. I think you'd really love it. And you get to get from one end of the city to the other by walking it, oh, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So cool. Um, so being able to roam around there. Ubud itself is just magical. It's, you know, where a lot of people go and study yoga. It's the jungle. It felt more peaceful. Um, Controversial opinion. I actually liked Ubud better than Changu. Because Changu's were the partiers and the hostel goers. That's fine. I have no problem with that. I'm one of them. (laughs) But like something was so special about Ubud. Like there's an energy there and there's healing there. There's like good food. You're like in the middle of nature. So mm. you f- it just feels more green and yeah. fresh. Whereas like Changu, there's just, it's just a lot of, you know, it's a lot of partying. It's a lot of expats. Yeah. Like you maybe can't talk to a local as much, you right. know? Yeah. So big differences to each their own. <laughs> um, I went to a Bali United FC game, which is a oh, soccer game nice. at the stadium. So much fun. The stadium is called Wyan Dipta Stadium. It took me like an hour and a half to get to the stadium. Damn. And we sat in VIP and that um, that ticket was about 20 US dollars. And I don't know the difference between VIP. There was It felt like there was no difference between VIP and the normal seats. But it was such a fun experience. That's where I feel like you see the real, yeah. the locals were coming out and how they support their team and what kind of food is sold around the stadium. Yeah, it was really cool. And I would say one of the last special experiences, um, visiting the Gili Islands and snorkeling around there. We took a boat tour around there. 
Uh, we rode bikes around the island. Uh, like I said, Gili Islands were two hours away, two hours east of Bali. You have to go to the east island of Bali, then head on a ferry two hours more east to this set of cute little three islands, but stunning. And of course, there they speak more Bahasa Indonesian. They don't mm-hmm. speak Balinese. And um, amazing people, beautiful scenery, very, very relaxed and chill. Gili T used to be a party island, but I didn't party. It was wild. I did not party. Um, and not everyone gets to visit the Gillies while they're there due to timing. So yeah. I was really lucky that I got to spend four days in the Gillies while wow. I was there. Yeah. Okay. So this was a combination of explaining the best way to get yourself set up in Bali, how to get there, what to pack. You know, I was also in the Gillies for a few days as well. And I know this was a fast overview. Overview. This was a quick overview, but I have so much more information on my Instagram, on my TikTok, and I'm happy to answer any questions about everything you need to know to travel in Bali. There are some items in this episode we may get a small commission from if you buy through our direct links. It helps us to keep creating fun and super helpful travel content for you. We wouldn't be anywhere without the support you've given us, and for that, we're always appreciative. To support the podcast even further with just a $2 donation, head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash ticket to anywhere. To be the first to get our episodes, subscribe to Ticket to Anywhere on YouTube. Share this episode with a friend if you found it helpful. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Listen to Ticket to Anywhere wherever you get your podcasts.